All right, folks, welcome to the very first episode of a brand new podcast, something I'm very excited to bring you, the Flight Plate Podcast. My name is Josh Wenis. I am the co-host, but I'm not the man that everyone is here to talk about and listen to. That is actually touring professional Jordan Castro. Jordan, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm good. I'm doing well. How are you guys? I'm doing phenomenal here on our end. Um, I'm sure you guys are just a little bit warmer than I am here in the Midwest. All right. Yeah, it's today was a solid 82 degrees, a little cloudy, so it was a little chilly for oh. normal. <laughs> that sounds sounds awful, terrible. Um, so you know, here we are, first episode doing this podcast. It's something we've talked about here for a little bit, trying to get this together, right. and, and finally all all set to go. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun today or tonight, whatever time you're listening to this. Kind of, we're just going to talk a little bit about you know the origins, you and the sport. And, and go from there and just kind of see where it leads us. Um, and, and let's start, you know, way back. We're talking uh, early life here. You're from not too far from me. You're from Austin, Minnesota, Spamtown, USA, correct? Yep, correct, yeah. That's awesome. And so when you were when you were growing up, you were born and raised in that area? Uh, actually, I was born in California, like right outside of like San Francisco area then. So we hit first grade we moved to minnesota because that's where my mom's family was um based out of too so pretty much i grew up in minnesota i mean i don't really remember anything because i was so young i think i was i mean first grade so yeah i don't really remember that much stuff to be honest sure sure so i mean as far as you know growing up were you involved in in sports at a young age or anything like that yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I was. Uh, I actually played. I'm. I'm a huge sports fan. So, like in general, I played baseball, basketball, and football growing up too. And I just always was around sports growing up. And um, just kind of started working full time at Subway. I was a sandwich artist growing up too. So I recently just like, all right, I want to play a sport. And what sport could I play? Then one of the guys just told me about disc golf. No idea about it. So, yeah, it was pretty pretty crazy. Wow, that's how it all- kind of came up. Sure. So how old were you when, when somebody was like, hey, disc golf? Yeah, I think it was like seventh, eighth grade. So still young, but still like can get there. I think it was, yeah, it might have been eighth or ninth too. Cause I was just like 15, just got my permit then kind of like still far away to go to the course. So I had to ride my bike there. Nice. Nice. So uh, being involved in sports at an early age, I have to assume then, and you said you're a big sports nut, you've got to have a competitive edge to you. Yeah, super competitive. It kind of it's kind of uh, gets me in trouble sometimes. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So when you started playing disc golf, how how long? I mean, how frequently were you playing? Is it just kind of hey, go and throw like once a week, a couple times a month? Yeah, it was, it was just kind of like short and sweet until the weekends. Because I mean, working full time, it was just my priority was uh, pretty much um, work or whatever. Then I just like started playing. Then I had an off day. Then we go to the course. It was. Where I was living at the at the time, like the, where I was when I first picked up the sport, I think it was like four and a half, five miles one way to the closest course. Then if I wanted to go farther, it'd be like an extra mile. So I literally rode my bike to the course, spent there for like the whole day, then ride my bike home. So it was it's pretty crazy. 
So were you like backpack with the discs in at that point? Yeah, yep, yep. Awesome. Exactly. Yeah. Then there'd be some times where I knew I didn't have the um didn't have work or whatever after school or something. So I'd bring my disc to school and the course was literally on the way home from the school. So it was like you can't miss it. Awesome, awesome. And what course was that? That was Dresner Park in Austin. So a little nine holer, it became a twelve, then eventually it's an eighteen hole course now. So nice, nice. So I've seen it all. Fair enough, fair enough. So when you were playing, how, I mean, let's see, I kind of had a couple ways I wanted to attack this, but let's go this route here. We were just talking about discs. Do you remember like the first couple discs that you had? Yeah, I actually had like a DX Wolf and a Champion Wraith. Those were like the my biggest two that I got right away. Just went to the Dick Sporting Goods. My dad took me there. Then very first throw, it was like his first time watching me, it threw it straight in the water. I was like, oh my gosh. Then the second hole, I did the same thing. So two shots, two in the water instantly. So after that, I was like so competitive, as you said, and just wanted to get better. And eventually, it was like, all right, I'm not throwing in the water anymore. Then I finally cleared the water, finally got over the water, finally do it 100 feet past the water. So it was nice. That's awesome. And at this point, I mean, did you have any concept of a, a pro tour or professional disc golf at all? No idea what was going on. I was just in there just to play, to be honest. That's awesome. So when did you discover anything as far as professionals go? Um, it, I think it took me like a year or two, to be honest. I think the like I just started playing for fun, then just kind of met some kids around my age that would go there all the time, and we kind of had the same schedule for like school, for work, everything, and we just finally like I am each other back in the days, like messenger and stuff. So it was it was good we to kind of because that's what you kind of want to do is if you're going to get you want to play with kids around your age, you know, so it was a good thing, I think. Oh, that's that's awesome. So, you know, just kind of jumping ahead here, obviously, you kept going, you kept progressing that competitive edge, like you said, getting better, better, better grinding. Um, and then a, as far as digging into what I could find as far as your history here, just going off of PDGA stuff, we got you joining in 2011 yep. and, and jumping into tournament play right into open. Like, that's, right. that's crazy. Right. Yeah. I had no idea what I was doing. They were just like, oh, play the tournament. Like I was, I started with leagues. Then they were like, oh, we got a tournament this, this weekend. I was like, all right, cool. I'll play. Like I had no idea what the open division. I had no idea to be honest. So they just put me in division because they saw me throw like a 300-foot hyzer and all the things and putted well. So they just put me there. Uh, fair enough. I mean, if they're putting you there based off of just seeing your performance, that's, I mean, that's a vote of confidence, I would call it. Right, right. Like I said, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. That's that's pretty awesome. So for the first, at least, you know, few years here that I was looking through your, your stats, um, I saw decline cash. I mean, was that right. strategic? Were you going to try and think Am Worlds kind of thing or... I just, like I said, I just didn't know what I was going on, and to be honest, and they're like, do you want this money? And then they kind of told me about, like, um, like say, AM Worlds, AM Nationals, all the things, like, oh, you could be a, a top AM first. And he's like, because you don't want to rush it, because they, they, they told me, like, they had a lot of friends that accepted it right away, then just couldn't go back if they weren't ready for it, too, so. That's fair. I mean, that's probably pretty decent advice. Uh, that's that's right. awesome. Good to have some people around you, at least in that sense. Um, so the first couple of years you played, like you said, all in open here, and then it looks like in 2013 you picked up some AM tournaments, uh, dropping down to uh, advanced division, and got your first win. 
at least in the PDGA, Cedar Creek Open, which is an A tier. Cedar Creek, yeah, yeah. An A tier was... for your first win. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy how like that just happened, and that that course was like an hour, hour and a half away. So that's like it's still one of my favorite tournaments to play. Like in Minnesota, it's just the scheduling so hard. To, you know, like you got all the bigger tournaments, and it's just kind of always a bad weekend. I always tell myself, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna set it up. So I try to support it as much as I can. Uh, I actually got like a sponsorship hole out there for me too, so it has my name and all things. But yeah, it was an A tier. Um, no idea what was going on. They're just like, go play disc golf, and I was like, all right, cool. Then they had to like explain everything, the rules and all the thing, and. Just, then I, I won the tournament, then got my first sponsorship with the local uh, disc retailer. So that was super cool. I think that kind of like motivated me too. Just like, oh, you just won a tournament and like one of the highest ones and you got a sponsorship. Sweet. I'm like, let's keep it doing. Like, I had no idea what it was. When I first picked up a disc, I had no idea about sponsorships, tournaments. I just like wanted to play for exercise too because, I mean, I was a bigger guy. So I just wanted to play, exercise, and compete. Yeah, and and the 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 exercise aspect is definitely something we want to talk about. Uh, we're probably going to depth in another show, but uh, you've you've lost a ton of weight. How much lost weight have you lost? Time frame, that kind of thing. It's I I it's crazy to like kind of go back and think about it, but it was over two hundred pounds, and probably within three four years. So it's actually like my first summer disc golf when I mentioned about riding my bike. Um, five miles each way i lost 100 pounds my first summer wow. playing disc golf and like that just kind of got me hooked i was like wow i just lost this much weight playing like disc golf walking around riding my bike and doing all the things so it was it was super cool and like motivating too yeah that's incredible and definitely inspiring that's for sure that's insane um i know you and i talked about that just briefly just going back and forth how when i found that out i was i was blown away that's incredible right. congratulations Thank you. Um, so, you know, going on through your career here, I know you said after that A tier, you picked up that first sponsorship. So, you know, just a couple years later in 2015, you ended up turning pro. Um, yep. And so at that point, did you have other sponsorships or was it just that? Yeah. So 2015, I was like fully committed to professional and traveling. Um, I think the I was with um, Latitude, I believe. 2015 yeah latitude because it was the memorial so i was like latitude i had some retailer sponsors so i think latitude hit me up in like 2014 middle of season when they saw like my name come up and just performing well too so i think i got a message at am nationals and they're like or it was like a week before i was about to leave and they're like oh we'll send you this that and that and i was like i'm practicing for a tournament and i just they're like oh you can compete with this your your same gear then once you come back home we'll send you a package all that thing so am nationals i took i think 14 was i took sixth place so had potential to win and just a couple fat hauls like usual you know how disc golf works but yeah it was latitude very cool so i mean you, you turned pro and you i know you said that you were all in at that point as far as touring did you hit a full tour schedule then at that point or full-ish <laughs> yeah it was like half and half i was still kind of working um at at like say subway or jimmy johns i can't remember what it was but yeah i was still working doing all the things because like i had no idea like i had no idea what it was going to take me and what i could do and then just kind of just ex took it all in for my first year because it's like you play disc golf you join the pdj in 11 then four by 14 that's three years kind of got the hang of it then 15 was a huge different huge different ball game like playing professional too you 
I remember growing up watching like the DVDs and the cassettes of all the guys, and now I'm playing my first tournament with all these guys. So I was like, I had no idea what to expect. Yeah, so that's a great point to drop, or a great place to drop in a question I had later here. What, uh, what was your first, if you had one? I know I have, but what, what was your first like fanboy moment playing? Did you have one like where you were like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm here with this person? Yeah, it was actually the the 2015 memorial i got um my first um round at fountain hills was with max nichols and seppo oh wow and i was just like oh my gosh i i literally watch these guys on tv and just see them all the time we're just like i i've watched them before and then now i'm actually like playing with them too so there's a pretty cool story about all that thing too so yeah that's that's pretty cool i mean that's that's a big big deal i've heard some stories right. of people hitting big cards early on but that's that's right. huge that's awesome right right so then, you know, you've you've toured pretty consistently since then. I don't want to say like full touring. Obviously, there's been a couple of wonky years. We're coming off of 2020 and all that fun right. as it was. Um, so I, I don't want to get too much into 2021 because we want to talk about that kind of almost as a whole. I really think that we can dive into that. Right. But, you know, what uh, along those years outside of your first sponsor being Lat or at least the manufacturer sponsor being Latitude, um, who else have you played for or who else have you thrown for? It was with um, after Latitude. It was Innova, I believe. Then I went to Dynamic, then with MVP. That's, yeah. Right on, right on. And so now this is your, was this, was 2021 your first year with MVP? It was my second. Second, okay, all right. Yep, yep. So, uh, and folks, I'm a terrible co-host here and not knowing as much about Jordan as I should. Uh, to be fair, I've only been following the sport for about a year and a half, almost two years now at this point, so I'm a little bit behind. Um, but so, give me a little bit of break there. But so, <laughs> what? How would you describe your your play style? I mean, would you call yourself, you know, I, I mean, are you forehand, backhand? Are you more one dominant? That kind of stuff. Yeah, I think it's primary backhand. I think um, last off season, I kind of. I mean, I've, I started playing disc golf with a sidearm. I mean, I played baseball. And, I mean, that rotation and that throw is so easy to kind of learn or just, like, copy. Um, so I threw up sidearm. Then I just kind of, like, started watching the people that I played with at leagues, tournaments. And they were throwing, like, just say, like, a ultimate throw. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, that's super cool. And, like, I can't remember the last time, like, I looked at my own old video and be like, dang, dude, that was actually me throwing? It was crazy. So, like, I developed a backhand quick, and I was just like, I want to throw farther. Like, that was the main goal, is just throw farther. Because I heard stories about people throwing sidearms, their shoulder, their elbow hit hurting and all that. I was like, I don't want to deal with that right away. So I felt like I was 100% dedicated to the backhand. Then, as I was 100% dedicated to that, I lost. I felt like I'd lost my touch with sidearm, because, like, I was throwing an orc, I was throwing, like, a beats, like, a sweet hyzer flips that now you see, like, Germ and Sexton do. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I used to do that, like, growing up, and now I can't even touch it right now. So, but, yeah, off-season, I just kind of worked on the sidearm, so I feel my sidearm is finally coming back. Um, I'm still kind of working with it more, and I feel confident with, like, say, uh, 280 and in, because I feel like once it gets a little farther, I think it would be way helpful. But I think my biggest thing is just approaching, like putting in approach. I feel confident with getting anything within 200, 300. I just feel confident with that. So, Awesome. So what? Um, a- another thing that varies a lot with pros is 
or any player for that matter, is the style of putting. Do you consider yourself a push putter, a spin putter, somewhere in the middle? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a spin putter. Yeah, I've, I like to take the everything out of the equation, too, um, even if it's the win, all the things. And it makes me, like, um, kind of commit to the putt a little easier than I think the push, because the push is just, it's a weird uh, motion. I, I could do it if I had to, but, yeah, I lean towards the spin. Right on, right on. Very cool. Um, so we kind of talked a little bit. You mentioned your your sidearm is something that you're developing. Would you call that like one of your one of your weaknesses in the game is the sidearm? Just working on that still. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Especially at the top level, how I am right now. I think. I mean, there's guys that throw 350, if not farther. I mean, you know, 500 feet sidearms. Like, yes, would I would like to have that, but is it realistic? Probably not. So, once I. I mean, I could throw 350, 400 feet, but I have no idea where it's going. So <laughs> I, I, that's why I say like 280, 300 under there, I'm fine with just to kind of shoot around a corner or just kind of like the angle wise. Because the, the backhand turnover I can do, like that's how I develop because of the backhand. But I'm, I'm sure, you know, you played a course where just like you look at it and it's like, all right, people throw a backhand versus a sidearm. We're like, why you throw this? It's just how the shape of the hole is already too. Yeah, absolutely. And what would you consider then your uh, your strength or strengths, multi, you know, plural? Just the sizers. Anything within like three eighty to four four thirty, I feel like is confident wise. Um, like I I was t- had a, another interview a few days ago, and he asked me the same thing. So I just feel like um, he his question was like, when you step on a tee, what are you looking at? I was like, the first thing I'm looking at is at a hyzer. Because it's just like the most guaranteed hyzer. It's like the most consistent shot. You know exactly what's going to go. It's going to go to right to left versus that, like, say, the turnover, the like hyzer flip, the left to right shot. It's so much harder, in my opinion, to, like, hit it, like, throw it perfectly versus the hyzer. So, like, every every course I look, hyzer, hyzer, hyzer. Right on. So when you were, back when you were originally playing with uh, sidearm only or sidearm dominant, were you hyzer, hyzer, hyzer then, too? On sidearms, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was kind of like the opposite, too, because I knew I could get around the corner. My home course was that Dresner was kind of, like, wide open, so, like, I literally can just throw a dump hyzer. Then there there was nine holes when I first started, so, like, the hole two was four, 440, 450, and there's no way I can get a sidearm there, so I just pitched it over the trees then just pitched up, so it was an easy three, but everything else I could kind of navigate, too, so. Right on. Very cool. So, you know, now we're we're heading towards 2022. I, I was going to say something about an off-season, but you've got tournaments because you're not in, you know, cold Minnesota anymore. You know, you're down no. in, in Arizona, which right. is awesome. I mean, was that a little strategic or were you just like, got to get out of the cold? A little bit of everything, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it was just kind of like I noticed it within the last few years. I'm like telling myself, like, why didn't I do this before, to be honest? Because, I mean, it didn't really hit me for a while until I saw, like, Barella, Hamas, and, like, all these top guys that are kind of living in warmer climates during the off-seasons to kind of play, perform, and do all the things. So I think it's been very helpful, I think, me as a player. And, like I said, I wish I could have done it earlier. But, like, right now I feel like my game is great besides tonight. I mean, you saw my tweet earlier. I couldn't believe what I witnessed today. Yeah, that was a crazy, crazy card to look at there at, at your, right. your 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 uh, round there. Nuts, um, right? Bananas. So, okay, so awesome. I I've just got some some random questions here. These are ones that literally just popped up this afternoon. I was sitting around, 
I've got a I've got a sick kid, and so I was home from work and just going through and popping these questions off. So if you don't mind, we'll kind of rapid fire these a little bit and see where Let's we go. Let's do it. All right, right on. So what would you say is the most common thing that you say on the course, if it's out loud or even in your own head? I'd I'd like to hear the out loud though. I mean, especially having just played league tonight. <laughs> yeah. It, I don't know what it was, but it was like, come on, like, come on, man. Just cause I've heard Philo say it a lot too, or just like, or like, that's a bad break or like, that's unfortunate. Like, cause like that happens in disc golf and golf and other sports, there's going to have bad breaks. So I think it's just like, dang it. Or just, or once in a while, I'll just try to keep something positive or something funny, depending on who I'm around too. Cause I, I like to have that, that competitive side and like that fun side too. So I'm kind of working I, I think it's been a huge win for me this year is the positivity. I mean, the last six, seven months. So usually I kind of get upset because I'm so competitive. I mean, you're playing against the best guys in the world. You want to like stay competitive. And I told the guys at league, like there was a league night where I just like gave up my number one tag and went home because I like took third. I was like, you have to have the mentality like you're here to win and all that things. I don't know. It was just a weird concept. And I was like, but yeah, it's, 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 yeah. Okay, so you're not out there like throwing nices to all the guys on the card or anything like that. You're not that guy. Once in a while, it varies. Like today, like <laughs> the the guy couldn't miss. Like anything was within forty, fifty feet. I was like, oh my gosh, he's just sent it. Then he aces. I was like, nice shot, dude. I already knew. Like he was on fire. He couldn't miss. And yeah, but yeah, especially league rounds. Leagues are just so much easier, more um, like more fun. I think versus like competitive like rounds. And it, I think it depends on the card mate and the vibe too, because I mean, some people are just don't want to say anything. Some people just want to like have fun too. So me personally, I like to have fun and just kind of talk it up a little bit too. And I've noticed some of that in my rounds, like playing in, in tournaments. Right on, right on. So next question here: Have you ever, have you ever lost a disc that you just like you lost it and were just like, oh no, like just. For whatever reason, whether it be like a disc that's super important to you or maybe had some actual value to it, or looking back, you're like, I can't believe I was throwing that disc. Yeah, there's been plenty of times I lost a disc. I lost my very first ace disc. Like, Oh, no. Hit a tree, went in the water. It was like, whatever. Like, it happens. And, and now it's just like, I'm very fortunate to be sponsored. We get all the discs too. So field work um, once or twice a week in the office and just kind of rotate them in, just kind of beat them up, throw them, see how they fly in case that scenario happens. But yeah, I used to get attached to the discs and now it's just like, whatever, man, they're just discs. There's more, there's millions of them out there too. And I know where to get them. So that's, that's fair. Even in times of shortage, that's, that's good to right. have, good to have backups. That's for sure. Right. Right. So what was your, you know, you just mentioned Ace Disc. What was that first Ace Disc? It was that, that Champion Wraith where I got it from Dick Sporting Goods oh, no. growing up. Yeah, yeah. So I was just like, the hole was like 220. I threw a little baby hyzer and it like popped up because it was windy and skipped off the path and went in the hole. I was like, oh my gosh, like that was cool. Then I think it was within a week or two later, it was gonzo. Oh no. So how long had you been playing before you aced? Um, It was probably... It's. I think it was like what three months. I think I was playing, but like I said, like it, the whole the course was so easy where you can literally just throw it up and it's just easy to do. So, sure. but yeah, that was I, I, I think it was two thousand eight, two thousand seven. Then I joined PDJ. So I didn't join the PDJ right away. It was about three years of playing. Yeah. Before I joined. 
Right on. And what was the last disc that you aced with? The last disc that I aced with was, I don't remember, to be honest. <laughs> I think it, I mean, it had to be, I think it might have been my Envy. I put a um, Neutron Envy in. It's a red on red, and I shot course record with it. I was like, yeah. went to this course here and where the Cardinals play. It's called Red Line, and it's right next to the stadium. And first, I just warmed, did a couple of stretches with Disc Golf Strong, then just like, all right, let's just just play for score, just like no warm-ups, no nothing, and shot pretty hot, ace the fifth hole. I was like, oh, I'm just trying to keep score now, and then it was good. But, yeah, I, st- I stopped counting aces once I got to 100. That was my main goal. Once I got 100, I stopped. So I think I'm almost – and that was years ago, so that's been four or five years. So Wow. Well, if you ever, you know, want to get rid of some, I'd take them. I don't, I don't have one. So um, moving on, before I embarrass myself more, um, one of the things that I noticed was in, in seeing some of the footage of, of you play, um, and, and the, first, the first footage that I ever saw of you play was Beaver State Fling in 2019 oh, yeah 19 i think it was that's right yeah um and you were with dd at the time uh one thing i noticed is uh headphones you're you rocking some headphones so that yeah. got, got me to thinking uh what kind of what kind of music are you jamming to on the course if you're jamming yeah it varies i think it's just kind of a the mood wise i mean i kind of like the upbeat um vibe wise or even rap just kind of and there's some times where I just kind of like in- instrumental or just something words like kind of like sing to or just like it bears like today. I think I just had some some rock on just to kind of keep it upbeat and stuff. So it just varies. Are... Like and that 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 previous time, I think it was because of the noise. There were so many like spectators out there and playing both of those courses. I suppose you've never been, but there's there's two courses on one property and they're split like they go crisscross pretty much or like holes are by each other so like someone on the west side is clapping for um, somebody on the east side of the course too so like it the, the sound travels quickly and like i think one time i missed a putt just like 10 feet away i like grip locked it because of a clap or like a yell so like all right tomorrow i'm playing headphones and i just i, I just like the vibe it's not like i was um getting away from anybody or just like like doing all that i just i felt confident just in my stroke and something i can kind of pump myself up to yeah so it's it's a focus thing like you said you're right, not yeah, trying to be yeah. like don't talk right. to me that's not it right. at all so, right yeah. yeah and like a lot of people came at me at that i was like whatever guys like yeah. I, don't, I don't care you just have to accept it right now yep but yeah, yeah it's just the noise canceling and just just the focus side and like when someone asked me score if i took score i would like take them off or pause it or if someone was talking to me i was being being courteous to my competitors and players that I'm playing with. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we we talked about you were a sports nut, but what other hobbies outside of disc golf do you have? Is there anything else that you do? Are you a gamer? Do you do anything else like that? What's up? Yeah, I used to play a lot of Xbox growing up, and now I just kind of shine away with it. I got my Xbox right here next to me, and I don't remember the last time I turned it on, to be honest. It's been almost probably a year, two years, to be honest. Um I just, I mean, TV is always good. I didn't really, I stopped watching it. I watch disc golf. I like to mess with the electronics. Just, just something different too. It's, it's hard to like do all that other things, and because like a whole life is disc golf, I think, and nature, just hanging out, friends, family, girlfriend, all the things, dog. So yeah, I mean, you got plenty of nice weather, so you don't have to worry about you know freezing your butt off. That's always a plus. 
tons of good hikes here too there's there's everything you name it we got it yeah absolutely so are you in uh phoenix proper or yeah yep yep okay right on right on what uh what would you say if somebody asked you what your hidden talent was is there something that somebody doesn't know obviously we see on the disc golf course we know your talent there but something that people generally don't know about you that you're good at social media probably just kind of liking things quick and fast and when someone posts anything i'm usually within the first or second one to do it i don't know i don't know what it is it just kind of happens i don't know it's kind of a luck thing almost huh yeah right nice nice yeah fair enough well, one of the other fun questions that I had here for you was something that uh, I, I don't know why I didn't put this up higher on the question list, but i got to talk a minute about Halloween. Okay. And uh, i I got to say, I, I popped big time for what I saw from you guys in Halloween. Uh, you, right. had, you had two different costumes, which is great. Uh, let's If people haven't seen it, make sure you go to Jordan's social medias and check this out. Check out the picture. Give us a little rundown what what was going on here. Yeah, so the, the night we had, one day we came home and there was a letter in our mailbox and it was like, oh, your your block is hosting a Halloween party. I was like, oh, sweet. Like, we remember last year and someone around the block threw a party or whatever. So we're like, oh, sweet, let's check it out. And we had no idea. And we just kind of talked about it and I'm like, all right, let's do it. Then my girlfriend was watching you obviously the netflix show and i caught on like i don't know halfway through the second or third season i was like what's going on and like i saw an episode i was like all right i'm watching it so we had to go back and watch a few of it i was like oh my gosh this is intense and she she's like you want you want to do like halloween for that with that i was like sure like so i went to some thrift stores some like marshalls a whole bunch of stuff to find all the things so we were joe goldberg and love from the netflix series you so that was super cool then that next day, we went to. I uh, had a friend invite us to a little uh, get together, and we went as Wendy and Squints from the Sandlot. But I was Wendy and she was Squints, so it was super cool. A lot of people were like, "Oh my gosh, that's so funny!" And like everybody kept looking at me weird. And like this is the first time I looked at a wig and I was in a romper. But yeah, it it could have been. Yeah, it was. It, I don't know. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it, at the same time. it definitely was great. I mean, my wife's a big fan of you. Um, I've seen the first season and just didn't get super invested in it, but my wife loved the scene, the you, because I had to send her both of those. And Sandlot right. is my jam from a kid as a kid, so definitely, definitely awesome. Um, very, very cool. So, you know, as we go forward down the road with this podcast, can you give us a little bit of, you know, some of the topics that you and I have talked about that we want to keep talking about or anything that you thought of that, you know, people should be expecting to hear from us yeah i just kind of want to like kind of inform some people like from my point of view i think and even your uh, point of view i think we have a lot like in common like our stories and disc golf wise i mean kind of want to do like some goals like how my year went like how we like weight loss a whole bunch of like just random things that i think uh like a viewer might not know from other podcasts or just in general and it's just kind of just a have everybody tune in and something new, something different. It's, I know like you mentioned, you've always wanted to do it. I've always wanted to do this. So it's been, it's been awesome already. I mean, today we launched the area. People are going to be listening to this a few days later, but today is when we launched it and it's been going, I got a lot of messages and like, dude, this is awesome. So it's been a lot of good feedback already, but yeah, I think the long, along the lines we're going to probably bring out some guests i know a lot of my touring partners would want to probably join and just kind of talk and have a conversation because 
I mean, right now, social media has been huge. The podcasts have been huge. I know a lot of people want to know, like, in-depth with, say, I don't know, Andrew Presno or Chris Clemens or just someone in general, just, like, how's their life is outside of disc golf, inside disc golf, what's, like, tips, all the things. I think it's important for, to share that thing because we don't hear it often because you show up to a tournament and you're just like, oh, there's Chris. They're on hole one or whatever. It's a lot of people like the audio podcast is so much easier to, to do to talk about and share and kind of learn from somebody. Yeah. I, I definitely think that that's what's the, the, one of the cool things about this is getting the perspective, uh, from a touring professional. I mean, we see when, when we see stuff on, on whether it be DGN or post-produced or whatever, you know, they might have little snippets here and there of, you know, uh, people behind the scenes kind of thing. The first one that pops into my head was, was Ben Calloway this year, getting that little Jomez that he had, uh, which was really, really cool. Shout out to another Iowa native. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we see little bits of that, but getting the perspective from a, a touring professional. And then we also, we, we all know how, we all know, thanks to social media and stuff, how Paul Macbeth, you know, how he tours. We see that. But seeing right. it from somebody else, like it's it's just a really cool perspective. I agree completely. Um, yeah, and uh, I feel like every I feel like every story is a little bit different too. We all kind of grew up different, and just what we what we like, what we don't like, and all the things. I think that's what's so beneficial with disc golf, too. It's just like throwing. Like each person's throw is so different. There's there's not one form that copies another from any level. So like that is super cool. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing that we did want to, uh, you know, kind of talk about down the road in, in other episodes is we're going to talk about if there's, you know, huge breaking news, that kind of thing, obviously, especially if it impacts the tour. Uh, we're, we're definitely going to talk about it. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm just a fan. I, I don't want to make any bones about it. I'm far from a pro player. Um, just a fan who likes doing what I'm doing here and, and covering this stuff and, and absorbing as much as I can. So, uh, that's my perspective on it, but it's awesome to have Jordan's perspective here too and, and get that uh, out there, like you said, so everybody can see it and a cool place to hang out. We're going to have Q&A episodes so people can send in questions. I know you talked about launching the, the social medias and the actual podcast today. I don't think I've ever gotten that many notifications on my phone, um, including the birth of my son. So, you know, right. I, I take that what it's worth, but... Uh, just really cool to see how how awesome it's been. I know the one uh, we kind of talked about, uh, I sent you a message about it that really, really threw me for a loop for a second as I had a notification that, that we had a follow on our, our page from Juliana Corver, which just blew my mind. So right. very, right. very cool. Yeah, I used to putt with those aviaries like growing up too, the JK aviaries. I always called them Jordan Castro aviaries because the JK. <laughs> so people gave me crap all the time for it. So yeah, it was it's super awesome to see all the feedback and all the things about it too and see everybody accept the invites. And I was like, wow, this this turned out way better than I thought. And like I told you, I was like, oh, we'll probably get like 50, 100 likes or follows or whatever. And I think we almost doubled, tripled quadruple all that so that was super super awesome so yeah. but like i said it's just gonna start small and hopefully eventually get bigger like definitely definitely so with that being said folks if you haven't seen the social medias for the show yet make sure you check it out on facebook you can find us at the flight uh, the flight plate podcast or the flight plate excuse me the flight plate same thing on instagram is just at the flight plate all one word um and make sure you follow us there too um and and jordan's 
social medias. I mean, throw out your social media links. Let's get that out there. Yeah, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well, too. So you can just search it. I'm sure you'll find it and pop out, too. And if you have any questions that you kind of want to talk about um, in general for social media or whoever's listening, just send us a message, too. It's so We're so easy. We're just people and love disc golf and really good at it sometimes. So, yeah, just reach out. We're not afraid. We're just people. Yeah, definitely. We want to hear what you guys want to want to hear about, too. So if you have topics, like Jordan said, we want to talk about it and make sure you guys are hearing what you want to hear. Um, definitely appreciate all of that. And constructive feedback. You know. Right, right. Yeah, it's only going to get better. Like I said, this is only episode one. Then I think there's, I think the sky's the limit. There's no, there's all feedback's good, I think, too, and like what you like and what we can improve in. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, that's really what I've got here for the show. Jordan, did you have anything else that you wanted to add on here before we jump out? Um, not, no, not too much, I don't think. Um, I don't know what, I mean, the latest things that I've seen was the, the off-season news from a couple of players. That's about what I've seen. Yeah, well, let's let's just take a quick minute. Thanks for bringing that up. I can't believe I spaced on that. But, you know, the most recent one we're talking about was Gavin Rathbun to Dynamic Discs. Um, pretty big yeah. signing uh, and interesting coming after shortly after the news of Eric Oakley separating from Dynamic Discs. Um, so what do you make of all that? I mean, that's a that's a fairly big signing. Right, yeah, it's 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 awesome, but it's it's I, it's it sucks because like I'm good friends with both too, and like as a player, it's just I don't know, it, I don't know what happened or all the things, and I know like Eric, Eric and I talked, Gavin and I talked before and after all the things, and I told him just a wish him the best, and everything's gonna work out. Like I tell him too, and like we've all been there, I've been there a few times, so I I know how they're feeling, I know how stressful it is, and like future wise life on and off the disc golf course. But yeah, it's super exciting. I know Eric is getting gonna get taken care of. I know his announcement's gonna come eventually soon, hopefully. Um, then Gavin, yeah, I, I, I here in Phoenix, um, it's a huge um, Gavin fan base too. So we talk about it all the time, and I'm super happy for them. They're it's gonna be huge. Yeah, it's definitely a, a big name to to get on there, a young name to get on on right. the DD. So definitely right. good for the company there. Uh, and then earlier, I mean, we had uh, Kristen Tatar signing a huge contract with. Uh, with Lat, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, she she's killing it. She's one of my. I see her on the course, and I just say hi to her. She's so nice, so friendly. Then you see her throw a disc, and be like, "Oh my god, Heiser flip that she just threw." That's like, I wish I could do it. She the game is phenomenal. Her game is phenomenal. Yeah, definitely looking forward to being able to see her a little bit more in the U.S. I know that was a big thing when she signed that contract and announced it is that you know this freed her up to be able to be in the United States more, which is exciting for me as a fan and i'm sure probably a little unnerving for the women in the fpo uh, in a good way i know everybody everybody gets along and everything like that want to see good golf but uh very very exciting yeah it's super cool i'm i'm so excited to see her more at like the tournaments and just watch her compete and play like the courses that she didn't play too and i just can't imagine what she'll do on like the the west coast or even on the east coast too just to see her shred it's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And then the other big signing or the big announcement that I, I have on my list here was uh, Drew Gibson with his deal through Infinite Discs, a unique deal 
um, to say right. the least. I mean, obviously he's had you know been with the Infinite Discs here for a while, throwing the the open bag, mixed bag, however you want to call it, but uh, uh, a lifetime quote unquote deal. But it's also intermixed with his his company that he owns, and so it's a lot of a lot of neat stuff going on there. A lot of unclear stuff too, but uh, good for him. I mean, he's coming off a huge end of the season. Yeah, he he played well at the tour championship. I was watching that round coverage live, and then I watched the recap of it, like on uh, Jomez, and couldn't believe it, man. It was coming down the stretch and pushing all the pressure. But yeah, super happy for him, and he's, he's getting taken care of. And like that's what we all want to see is the players just get taken care of. The, the The sport is growing so much in this pandemic in the last few years, so it's it's awesome to see. It's awesome to see going because I I had no idea like what I got myself into growing up and now to see it evolve in the last 5, 10, 15 years is mind-blowing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, with that, let's let's kind of expand on that just a little bit here for a few moments because that, that's something that's really interesting is seeing how the tour has, has changed even in just the, you know, two years that I've been a fan and watching and paying attention to it, going from, you know, the DGPT being there but it was still kind of an unknown as to how well it was going to play out and now i don't want to say absorbing but is running the national tour basically for the pdga and seeing huge payouts comparatively to what it used to be um a lot of really good growth like you said but it's awesome to see these big payouts coming to you guys because you guys deserve it right 100 percent, and we're doing it full time and getting getting all the right payouts too so it's only it's only taking time where it gets it gets up there even better and more each year so it like i said it's just crazy just to kind of be a part of it too as a player fan and just in the sport in general too with all these new names new players new celebrities new everything it's crazy the pandemic's been i think great for disc golfs like yeah watching that that broadcast on did you check did you watch that on espn2 yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't. I don't have access to ESPN2, but um, I, I'm super happy that it was there. That's for sure. Okay. Yeah, it was It was probably the best broadcast I've ever ever watched of Disc Golf 2. It was like a documentary. They started with like the few tournaments right away, like starting in Ledgestone, I think, then did like the up to Vermont, up to Maple Hill. They did all the events in Idlewild leading up to the tour championship. So it was super cool and like well thought out. And it was, like I said, it was, it was awesome to watch. Yeah. I've definitely, you're not the first person that I've heard say that the production quality on that was through the roof. Um, definitely great to see disc golf getting some love in that sense. And, uh, hopefully it continues here. I mean, we need that right. to keep growing more and more. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's really, really great. And even just seeing the, the boom in local, disc golf i mean you know i live in a rural area um i I literally live in the country and my closest disc golf course is 20 25 minutes away by car and even then a small nine hole course but just seeing like the the growth and how many more people i see out on the course in the past two years just awesome so great to see right yeah it's even here even the bigger city i've seen i'm seeing a lot more disc flying more people a lot more families a lot kids i think i saw like 15 kids under 10 years old today at the cores during the league round too so every hole is full which is it's awesome to see it's awesome to see for sure yeah definitely well that's great i i definitely am happy with how this is turning out here uh before we do jump out here at this point 
do you want to give out some shout outs to some of the the folks that sponsor you as a player yeah uh mvp disports um i've been fortunate with them for two years and it's been great life is good with them uh upper park carrying the the rebel in the during the season and now i'm rocking the shift it's been very light i'm carrying about 10 12 discs on that um wander disc golf rocking the hats with them yep you're wearing the shirt they've been very awesome people ty and you just got a new job with the pro tour so i'm excited for him uh whale sacks um disc golf strong all the things but yeah i'm very fortunate to have great partners to help me on the road and just in everyday life too so yeah absolutely and we want to shout out two sponsors that we have here on the the this show uh, that have been absolutely great uh, so far. People that I knew before doing this show and I'm happy to have on board. I want to talk about first Chain Shark Disc Golf based out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin uh, area. Outstanding company that produces all sorts of uh, the chalk bags, whale sack type things. Um, chalk bags and with all sorts of designs. And they also sell some apparel and discs and that kind of thing. And what's great about them is every a portion of every sale that they make actually goes to uh, Shark Conserve, which is something that I'm a huge fan of. So that's very, very cool. Shout out to Chain Shark. Make sure you search for them. You can find them on all the socials as well. And then also Yardbirds Disc Golf, which is based out of Minnesota. I forget town. I don't have the read. I feel terrible. I don't have all this. But Yardbirds Disc Golf, if you just search for them on Twitter or on Facebook, they have a physical store. They don't have an online store, but if you get a hold of Kevin, the guy that runs Yardbirds, he uh, he will help you out and, and sell you anything that he's got. He's got all sorts of discs and everything with it. Uh, and both of these guys are offering up 10% off for mentioning the podcast. So with uh, Chainshark, if you go through their process, they'll have a promo code FRENZY. That's going to be our promo code for right now here, 10% off your order. And then with Yardbirds, because they don't have an online store, all you got to do is tell Kevin that you heard about this on the Flight Plate podcast or just say, hey, Jordan sent me, and he'll know what's going on. And again, like I said, 10% order. So happy to have them on as, as our first sponsors here with the show and so happy to have you guys here as listeners and want to thank you all for, for tuning in. And Jordan, Man, thanks again for starting us off. We're we're going. Yeah, it's it's been awesome. Yeah, I'm very excited how it turned out right away. And like I said, we're open to all the constructive feedback and all the things. So it's trying to get better. We have I'm looking at the sheets right now, and there's a lot of lot of things that we're going to talk about in the future episodes. So I definitely like and subscribe to all the wherever you're listening to and just keep updated. So hopefully our plan is to kind of record on one day, then have a day of editing and then posting the the final day. So it's, it's going to be awesome. I'm super excited and uh, bring all the guests in and just kind of interview them and just talk to them about all the things. Yeah, absolutely. Keep checking back on this after you subscribe. Hoping to drop shows every Thursday. That's the plan right now. Uh, if anything changes course, we'll make sure that you guys are the first to know. Uh, but watch for brand new episodes every Thursday. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks again, Jordan. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode of The Flight Plate.